group experience is a new and refreshing way for you, your friends, or your family to travel. Check the show notes to learn more. Welcome to DBE. I'm your host, Stevie G. Whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or any other audio platform, thanks so much for tuning in. You can also find the show on groupexperience.com, the official home of the podcast. For today's episode, I'm joined by Tina Dynas, a journalist who lives, breathes, and loves the great outdoors. Tina calls the state of New Mexico home, and she's really knowledgeable about different regions across her state. During our chat, I learned so much about hikes and other outdoor experiences in New Mexico. It's truly a place I want to visit soon. So let's get to my interview with Tina. Tina, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining Destinations Beyond Expectations. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Now, it's interesting because today you're the one that's being interviewed, but usually it's the other way around. Um, Typically, your work as a journalist has you interviewing other people. Um, Let's get started by just talking about how you got into journalism and how you're able to connect your work as a journalist uh, to some some of your passions. So I've been a writer pretty much since I could pick up a crayon. <laughs> so it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, you know, when I went into college, I went to Kansas State University and I chose the journal- journalism route. Uh, so the funny thing about that, though, is by the time I finished my journalism degree, I'd already been doing journalism in high school and all through college. And at that point, I kind of changed my mind and decided I wanted to go into nonprofit instead. Uh, I just felt, especially with my interest in the in the environment and conservation, I could make more of a change in a nonprofit. Also, at the same time, uh, the 2008 recession hit. So I ended up doing something a little different and uh, went into marketing and public relations for a number of years. Uh, did some nonprofit work here in New Mexico with a conservation organization. And I also still work uh, for uh a zoological facility here in New Mexico. Um, so there's there's that passion I have for the environment, but luckily uh, that time that I took off from journalism, I was able to gain all of this knowledge about conservation and wildlife, which has always been kind of my specialty as well. I've always loved animals. Um, and that's what got my foot in the door finally into journalism. It had always been my dream uh, to work for National Geographic. And now I'm able to do that as, as a freelance reporter. Uh, And the thing that I love about uh, doing this type of journalism is that, you know, I always had that misconception that a journalist couldn't really make a difference. Uh, But I finally realized after all these years, you know, I'm telling these stories that otherwise, you know, may have just been ignored. Um, And so I find actually a lot of pleasure in, you know, being able to kind of uncover these stories for a broader audience. you know, some of the stories are are pretty sad. You know, I'm doing a lot of wildlife conservation stories. So you have a lot of, you know, habitat destruction and things like that. Uh, But at at the end of the day, you know, being able to talk to wildlife conservationists and, you know, people who are experts in their field and all of the amazing work they're doing, um, kind of putting that information out there. It's my little way of, you know, bringing my skill of, of writing together with my passion for trying to save the world. Yeah, it's it's I mean, your job is absolutely very important, you know, telling everyone about what's going on as far as conservation and the environment. Um, but it, it also kind of like you mentioned, mixes in some of the things that you enjoy, like, 
you know, wildlife and the outdoors. And you live in New Mexico, which is unique in its own right. Um, but for any listeners out there who haven't been to New Mexico, like, can you describe what the outdoor experience in New Mexico is like? Well, I just want to get one thing clear from the get-go. I think there's a huge misconception about New Mexico. Uh, first of all, I'll just start out. Yes, New Mexico is uh, an American state <laughs> because I, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, but in terms of the environment here, I think a lot of people think it's just a desert environment. It's just brown. It's cactus. It's flat. And certainly there is a lot of desert here in New Mexico. But in terms of the state as a whole, we have a diversity of ecosystems. Um, here in just Albuquerque, you know, we have riparian habitats. The Rio Grande runs through the city. Um, so along the Rio Grande, there's a cottonwood forest um, that we lovingly call the bosque, which translates to the forest in English. Um, and then even the Sandia Mountains uh, that flank the city to the east. So you, they're very uh, desertish uh, on their west side, which is the foothills. But you just cross to the other side of the mountains and you have the conifer forest. Um, so just in Albuquerque, for instance, there's a variety of different habitats. Um, but I think some of the places we'll talk about later in our conversation, um, you can kind of see that they're not desert at all. Uh, but certainly there are a, a variety of different desert habit or desert experiences you can have in the state as well. Yeah, I love that you brought that misconception up because I feel like a lot of times, just in travel in general, we we might assume something about a place, but we don't really know because we we haven't been there, we haven't talked to locals. So um, you might, you know, a, a visitor might think, oh, New Mexico is just desert and it's not that special, but they don't know, they haven't been there, and and I'm sure it's absolutely beautiful. And you know, let's get into it, and let's start with one area, um, the Hemez area. It looks very interesting mm -hmm. to me. And it's an area that you know quite well. Um, what kind of outdoor experiences can someone find there? Well, the reason, first of all, that I chose the Jemez is it's about an hour and a half drive from Albuquerque. So I think Albuquerque is going to be a hub for a lot of people flying in. So it's a really nice day trip. Uh, one of the first things you can do when you're in that area, there's a small town, a small mountain town called Jemez Springs. Um, and Jemez Springs is just a place where you can have a nice lunch. Uh, there are a lot of little craft shops there as well, um, but there's a lot of geothermal activity in that area. Um, so in the Jemez Springs, uh, you can actually go to a hot spring, uh, a developed hot spring, and pay for that experience. Um, so that's just a, a little nice stop uh, as you're going into the wild areas. Uh, but the Jemez is a large forested area, um, certainly not the desert that we were talking about you know, in Albuquerque. Um, and I wanted to tell you about a few different trails that they have in that area. One of the areas um, that I think would be really great for out-of-state visitors to uh, see is the Las Conchas Trail. And the Las Conchas Trail is would be a really great place for families because it's a really flat trail. It's along the East Fork of the Jemez River. So for me, especially being a desert rat here in Albuquerque, I love that running water. It's just <laughs> amazing because um, we don't get a lot of that here. Um, but it's a really relaxing hike and during the summer months you get a lot of really cool wildfire flowers there too and it's about a two mile hike before you get to a small waterfall um, and that would be a really great place to have a lunch that's actually what i did the last time i visited just that that peaceful sound of, of the little waterfall there um, 
And then another cool thing about that particular hike is because it is in a canyon, uh, you have a lot of uh, rock climbers that you can kind of see as you're going through the canyon. Um, and I did notice that a lot of people who were on the trail were just kind of standing there watching the rock climbers. So that's another kind of cool experience you can have on that particular trail. And remind me if you if you haven't said this already, where is the the Hamas area in relation to like just the map of of New Mexico? Uh, it's so Albuquerque is about in central New Mexico, and it's just about an hour and a half north. I would say northwest uh, of Albuquerque. Um, so it's it's a hot spot for people who live in Albuquerque as well as people who live in Santa Fe, and I would say even more so. Uh, those of us who live in Albuquerque, because it's a summer escape, it gets extremely hot in Albuquerque. So it's going to be a lot cooler there. So Taos is another area of New Mexico that looks full of outdoor recreational opportunities. Can you tell me a little bit more about Taos? Yeah. So just starting off with Taos, the town, um, they're kind of famous for having an artist community. So certainly if you're in that area, you're going to want to go to some of the shops and um, check out the art. Um, And also, I just have to say as well, when you're in New Mexico, you have to eat the green or red chili. It's, you know, it's a cuisine choice. Um, It's very, uh, it's a very proud thing for for New Mexicans. um, So make sure you eat the local food. Uh, But in terms of um, the outdoor experience in the Taos area, first of all, you have the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, uh, which surround that area. And there are three distinct wilderness areas there. You have the Wheeler Peak Wilderness, you have the Latir Peak Wilderness, and you also have the Columbine Honda Wilderness. And so this is actually the southern terminus of the Rocky Mountains. So the landscape you find there is going to be a lot different um, than other mountain ranges in this state you're gonna feel a lot more like you're in Colorado, to be honest. It's, it's a little bit overwhelming um, if you've kind of done a little bit of hiking in other parts of the state to all of a sudden have these enormous mountains there uh, that kind of remind you of another place. Uh, but you'll find a lot of wildlife there. You'll find there's a lot of running streams. Uh, that was the place where I once got chased halfway down a mountain by some bighorn sheep. Uh, you'll find marmots and pikas. Um, so it, there's there's a lot going on just in those wilderness areas. And one of my favorite hikes there is um, the Williams Lake Trail to the Wheeler Peak Summit Trail. And the Wheeler Peak, um, Wheeler Peak Summit Trail takes you to the highest peak in the state, which is Wheeler Peak, obviously. Um, and it's over 13,000 feet. Uh, so that's a really great experience uh, to just say that you've been to the highest point in the state. Um, and that's an eight mile round trip uh, hike. But if you don't want to do the whole hike, you can always go to Williams Lake, which is about halfway. And that's just another beautiful experience, um, maybe for less experienced hikers. But you're going to get a really beautiful alpine lake at about 11,000 feet. Um, and I went there just a few weeks ago. And unfortunately, we were suffering um, the effects of the California wildflower or wildfires. Uh, so it, it was a bit hazy in the Taos area that weekend, uh, but normally with the really crisp, beautiful blue New Mexico skies that I think are very distinctive, um, just beautiful views up there and so many wildflowers as well. Now, I do want to ask you a little bit about the wildlife areas in New Mexico because you, you brought that up and that's a little bit maybe unique for someone, you know, if someone's coming from out of state visiting New Mexico, that's a little bit different for them because from what I understand, the the wilderness areas are like there's 
39 or 29 of them and they're in different parts of the state and they're different but can you tell me a little more so I actually in my previous job I worked for an organization that specifically helped designate wilderness areas so that's actually an area that I know quite a bit about and at the time we only had I believe 28 uh, but now I, I believe you're right it's something like 39 And New Mexico is really interesting in that respect as well, because we have the very first designated wilderness in the world, um, as well as, of course, the United States called the Gila Wilderness. Um, The Gila Wilderness is also home to the Mexican gray wolf, which is, um, it's a subspecies of the gray wolf that's only present in the southwestern United States and northern Mexico. Most people who visit the Gila aren't going to see the Mexican gray wolf, but it's good to know that it's down there roaming around. Um, But the Gila is just a great place to visit as well. Um, You have the Gila cliff dwellings down there. Um, And that's another thing I wanted to touch on too. The Gila cliff cliff dwellings is um, kind of a native site where you can see the dwellings of, of the native peoples. That's another thing that's really big in New Mexico as well. We have all sorts of sites Um, like the Salinas Pueblos Missions National Monument, which connects back to our Spanish history, the old Spanish missions in the state. We have Petroglyph National Monument here in Albuquerque, which has on the rock faces, um, there are petroglyphs um, from the Puebloan peoples. We also have Chaco Canyon National Historical Park, where you can see uh, the old ruins of the Anasazi people. Um, So we have a lot of... uh, the the cultural history as well. But in terms of wilderness, back to your question, sorry, I got a little diverted from that. Um, There are also just, there's such a variety of different wilderness areas in the state as well. You know, we have the forested areas like Wheeler Peak. We have the Ojito Wilderness, which is closer to the Jemez, but we have hoodoos there. And for people who don't know what hoodoos are, they're, I don't know exactly how to to describe them, but they're kind of like column-shaped sandstone formations that have been weathered over time. Uh, So something that you might expect to maybe see in Utah. Um, We also have some more of those hoodoos um, up in the northwest part of the state in the uh, Bisti de Nazin wilderness areas. Uh, And then, yeah, I don't know. There are just so many different distinct wilderness areas in the state. And it's really great that we have so many areas protected because it's just such a great outdoor experience for people here. And I think there's a love for the land that goes back generations as well. Yeah, very cool. And, and I'm so glad you actually brought up the cultural and, and historical sites that are available for visitors to, you know, go and really immerse themselves in, in the culture. Um, you mentioned a few, but can you maybe talk about some of your favorites or if you were going to recommend, you know, a visitor see some, like which ones would you point out to, to see? So in terms of national parks, I think everyone should go to all the national parks in New Mexico for sure. So we have Chaco Canyon National Historical Park. You can go there on a day hike. You can also camp there. Um, And that's of great interest to me because I studied anthropology in college. And so it just brought back a lot of that history that I learned in books. Uh, But it's something completely different to step into a great house um, and see that for yourself. Um, So I would definitely um, encourage people to go to Chaco Canyon. Um, So we also have White Sands National Park. It was, I'm not sure of the year that it turned into a national park, but it was quite recent. It was a national monument before that. 
Um, and White Sands is really neat because as um, foretold in the, in the name of the, the place, it's White Sands. Um, it's a very unique landscape. And I just wanted to talk again about the blue skies in Mexico. So the backdrop of just this beautiful, deep blue sky in New Mexico with the white sands beneath it. It's a great place for pictures. And also a lot of people go there and they bring sleds. So they'll sled down the sand dunes. I've never personally done that, but it looks like a lot of fun. So I definitely suggest going there. Um, and then another uh, national park we have here in New Mexico is Carlsbad Caverns. So you can go underground into the caverns and see that unique geology of the caves. So definitely recommend those three national parks. Um, and then in terms of other places I would recommend oh gosh there's so many <laughs> and so little time um definitely you know if you're in albuquerque which i think a lot of people will be go to the bosque because that's going to give you a completely different environment and in terms of like just saying you've been to the rio grande i think there's something to be said for that because you know it's a famous river um, so definitely check that out um, also when you're in albuquerque you could ride the tram up to the top of sandia peak um, so there's a tram that goes from the base of the mountain all the way to the top of the crest. Um, so that's a really great experience. It's a great day trip. Um, and then also there's a, a nice drive that you can do up to the crest. Um, there's a scenic byway. Um, so that's just another way that you can get up to the top of the Sandias. And the view of the city, I actually just went this weekend and it was a nice clear day, just seeing all of Albuquerque in the distance and, you know, being in that mountainous landscape, it's, it's a really incredible experience. So those are definitely some Albuquerque experiences. And there's just so much in other <laughs> areas of the state as well. Las Cruces has a wealth of, of different experiences as well. They have the Oregon Mountains, which are very unique mountains as well. Um, there's a particular hike I've done there a few times. Um, trying to remember what that one was called. Um, but they have Oregon Mountains Desert Peaks National Monument as well. Um, so that's definitely a place that you probably want to go in the winter or spring uh, because it gets incredibly hot down in that part of the state in the summer. Right. Uh, same thing with white sands. Um, and the thing with being in the desert, if you are in white sands or you are in, um, you know, the de deserty parts of Albuquerque or Las Cruces, people need to be prepared. Uh, I think even us people who live here in New Mexico, sometimes we have to remind ourselves that you know, there's a lot of high altitude here, which makes you more susceptible to the effects of overheating. The sun feels like it's burning a hole through your soul at times. It's just so intense. So you really need to make sure that you have a hat, you have that sunscreen, you have sunglasses, and of course, bring plenty of water, so. And do I have this right? Like, so I'm based in Florida where it's a lot more humid, um, but it's almost more of like a dry heat, right? Do I have this right in New Mexico where it almost catches you off guard? You don't realize how hot it is at times. I'm yeah. sure you do at other times, but it, it can almost be a little bit sneaky in that way. For sure. I grew up in Kansas where it's not quite as humid as Florida, but I definitely grew up in a humid uh, environment. And so when I came here, uh, you know, I had already heard, I had heard, you know, it's a dry heat, but there's a few things that you have to keep in, in mind. You are at high altitude, which takes you by surprise, especially if you're from out of state, anywhere that you come, if you come from low altitude to high altitude, you always need to drink a lot of water. 
Uh, but the other thing I think just being in a desert environment with it being so dry, your body is working overtime sweating. So you don't even know you're sweating. Um, I remember in Kansas growing up and you knew you were sweating because you were wet and that's what's supposed to be happening. That's what cools you down. Um, but here it's evaporating so fast that a, you're not aware that it's happening and B um, sometimes you're not aware that you're thirsty until it's a little late for you to be drinking water. Um, so yeah, it can be a little tricky with that, but also just the fact that we don't have a lot of ground cover besides cement and dirt. I think that definitely contributes to some of the heat factor as well. So people might think that New Mexico is just desert, but that's actually not the case. There is water and unique experiences that people can do around water. Um, I guess, can you tell me more about that? So we do have a number of rivers and streams in the state, but one of, I guess, probably the most famous, one of the most famous rivers in the United States is the Rio Grande, which runs smack dab through the middle of New Mexico. Um, and in, specifically in the Taos area, you have a lot of recreation opportunities on the Rio Grande. You have some class three and four rapids, and there are a number of river runner companies uh, that can take you on the river. So you can go kayaking, you can go on day excursions, half day excursions, even overnight excursions. Uh, so that's something I would definitely recommend if you're in the Taos area. Now the Rio Grande does run through the, the entire state and uh, you know, we have the Rio Grande Bosque here in Albuquerque, which is nice uh, for a day hike to kind of experience the river there. Um, but I think experiencing the Rio Grande is definitely a, a must do when you're in New Mexico to say that you've done it. Um, now, another thing about the Rio Grande up in the Taos area is they have the Rio Grande Gorge Bridge, which is about 10 miles out of town. And this is a place where you can go park and look at the Rio Grande from 600 feet above. Um, so you can do that from either the bridge or um, there's the Rio Grande National Monument or the Rio Grande del Norte National Monument um, that's recently been established. And part of that national monument is actually a rim trail. So you can walk along the rim uh, to kind of get a bird's eye view up there of, of the, the Rio Grande from above. Very cool. So if, if someone's going to go out and actually raft on the Rio Grande, do you know, is that like, are those rapids more intense or is it more of an easygoing experience? What is that kind of like? It depends where you are. So I've definitely done rafting in the Taos box, which is where you're going to get some of those uh, class three and four rapids. Uh, so if you want a relaxing experience, I would not recommend that. Uh, however, you know, if you want a more relaxing experience, you can definitely do that in the Albuquerque area. We have people who canoe and raft uh, down the Rio Grande through Albuquerque. Um, but I would definitely recommend, you know, talking to some of the outfitters and kind of find an experience that fits you. Um, because, I mean, you can do anything from just floating down the river casually to doing, you know, something that's much more extreme. So there's all sorts of experiences. So, Tina, I have to ask, on, on your video screen, I can see that you have a buddy next to you. Uh, sure. Tell me, tell me, is that your dog? Tell me about your dog. <laughs> yeah, this is Daisy. She's a 14-year-old lab pit mix, and she's a big hiker as well. So I was going to ask, so, so you, obviously, you love hiking and getting outdoors. Um, so do you take your dog, yes, uh, on hikes? And I guess if you had any tips for other people who might be traveling through the state, or just in general, if people want to hike with their dogs, what kind of advice would you give? For sure. So Daisy here, she's 14 years old, and she started out with me in Idaho, which is a completely different environment 
when we came down here to New Mexico, there were some major adjustments that I had to make. Uh, as I kind of mentioned, just the intensity of the sun and the heat, and especially with her being a black dog, she just soaks up that sun. Um, so one of the things that I'm very um, adamant about is checking uh, whether there's going to be shade on the hike and whether there's going to be water. Those are two really important considerations for me. Um, and as I said, while water is important for humans, I think it's almost even more important to think about that for your dogs because, you know, I'd rather run out of water first than <laughs> be responsible for my dog running out of water. Uh, but there are a lot of places here where you won't find running water. So you really need to take that into consideration. Now, if you're hiking with your dogs during the summer, uh, I would highly suggest doing it in the morning or the evening to avoid that, uh, that midday sun. Uh, and that's not just for, you know, New Mexico or Albuquerque, but that's anywhere. You just want to be considerate of, you know, what your dog is being exposed to. Um, so another thing is just making sure that they have the gear that they need. Um, so a few things that I have for my dogs, they both have packs. Daisy doesn't so much wear hers anymore since she's 14. She's a senior. She's kind of retired from that. Uh, but my other dog, Rosie, carries their water for them. Um, so that's really convenient for me, <laughs> especially. Um, but they can also carry other things, you know, carry their own food. And uh, I think it's important to have a first aid kit for your dogs as well. You know, if you're in New Mexico, one of the things that you're going to want to carry for your dogs is tweezers and probably for yourself as well, because those cactuses, your dogs are going to run into them. Um, and I can tell you at some point you might sit on one. <laughs> I may or may not have sit on a cactus several times. Oh, no. um, it's just bound to happen. Yeah. They're everywhere. So <laughs> um, you want to definitely make sure that you're prepared for that. You know, some of the wildlife down here that you're going to want to be careful with. We have rattlesnakes down here. Um, and that's not something that you want to run into with your dog. So if your dog doesn't have good recall, you definitely want to keep them on leash. Uh, we do have a lot of uh, fun animals that your dogs are going to want to chase like roadrunners as well. So again, um, if you're in an area where it's allowed for them to be off leash, just make sure they have really great recall. Um, as far as other tips for hiking with dogs, uh, you know, I've been with people before who have been hiking with their dogs and they get paw pad injuries. Uh, you really want to look at the terrain that you're going to be hiking with as well as how much your dog's been hiking. Um, because if your dog has really soft pads and they're all of a sudden hiking on rocks, uh, that could end in, in tragedy. And, and actually what happened um, on the particular experience I remember is we were hiking with a, a probably 60, 70 pound pit bull and her pads got all slashed up from the rocks. So my partner had to carry the dog out, I think about two miles. So that's something physically I wouldn't have been able to do. Luckily he was able to do it, but you know, just trying to foresee these things in advance as well is really important. Um, also, I'm not sure if I mentioned, I always uh, have bear bells for my dogs as well, just to kind of, um, I'd rather not run into bears and some other forms of wildlife. Um, so, you know, having those, those bells ringing is just a good way to kind of warn the wildlife ahead of time. Hey, we have some things coming. So you're clear. So it is actually possible to, to run into a bear in New Mexico. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have bears here. Um, and in recent years, there's actually been a few bear attacks. We have cougars up here in the Sandia Mountains, in fact. Um, it's a really wild area. I mean, Albuquerque, it is a city, uh, but we the city meets the wild right here. And a lot of 
parts of New Mexico are very wild. So I would definitely anticipate wildlife. Cool. So Tina, from hiking in New Mexico to saving elephants, uh, one cup of tea at a time, you've obviously written some fascinating articles that cover travel, environmental justice, and more. If someone wants to go find more of your work, uh, where can they go? Uh, they can go to my website, and that's tinadinas.com. I'll spell it for you. It's T-I-N-A-D-E-I-N-E-S.com. And can people follow you on social media as well? Oh, sure they can. Uh, so my Instagram account is active in Albuquerque. I also have a Twitter account um, that I do not utilize a lot, but people are free to follow me. It's under, I think it's slash Tina Dinas. So. Very cool. Now, before we call it an interview, and I had so much fun learning about New Mexico and the outdoor experiences, but I like to ask my guests um, a question at the end because Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. So I want to ask you, would you consider yourself to be a student of travel, someone who loves learning about travel and loves to learn while they're traveling? And if so, can you maybe share something that you've learned uh, on the way? Oh, gosh. Well, for sure. First of all, yes, I love learning and not just through travel. I just love learning in itself. Uh, something I've learned, gosh, is how big the world is, I suppose. You know, I've done a lot of international travel as well. And it feels like every time I return back home, either from a camping trip or from possibly going to Spain or Peru, it just feels like coming back to Albuquerque or, you know, back home to Kansas when I lived there, it always felt so much smaller. And that's not a bad feeling. It's a good feeling just to know that, you know, it's a big wide world with so much to discover. I love that. Uh, Well, Tina, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on to talk about New Mexico. Thank you. A big DBE thank you to Tina. Make sure to check the show notes for the link to her website where you can find many fantastic articles about wildlife conservation, travel, and more. And be sure to follow Tina on Instagram at Active in Albuquerque. The DBE podcast is powered by Group Experience. You can actually listen to the show right on groupexperience.com or you can find DBE wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's all I've got for now. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Have a fabulous day, and I will talk to you soon.